Let's hear some of that movie chat. Credits roll by and I tip my hat. Credits roll by, I wanna know more right away. Let's have some of that movie chat. Credits roll by, tell me who did that. Life in the credits is where I wanna play. Welcome to Life in the Credits. This is the show where we learn about entertainment by chatting with people who work in the industry. I'm Susan. And I'm Ben. And today we're discussing the film Slumdog Millionaire. And joining us today is our special guest, writer John Terry Gadsen. So welcome, John Terry. Hey. Hello. Yes, <laughs> thank you for being here. We are very excited to talk to you today. So can you tell us a little bit about what you do in the entertainment world, John Terry? Yes, I am a TV writer mostly, and I've written in different, like right now I'm on a 30 minute, half hour comedy, but I've also written for like reality and even talk shows. And uh, I also write feature films. Awesome. Fantastic. Yeah. So can you tell us kind of your path for this career? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a lot. Um, (laughs) I I was a military brat. So I grew up in Idaho. And and when Malcolm in the Middle came out, that's where I was living. And I saw Malcolm in the Middle and I was like, oh, my gosh, I want to write TV. Like, I was like, this is hilarious. This this." You know, this family is so messy. I like the way it was like everything about it was like, I've never seen anything like this before. I want to do this. Um, And so I remember in the back of a magazine, I probably was like getting like script writer magazine or something. (laughs) And and they had like ads for like, you know, like get scripts. Like uh, this was before like the internet really took off, you know. And so I wrote to Los Angeles and I paid $99 to get scripts from Malcolm in the Middle sent to me. So this box, because I'm in Idaho. I don't know anything about Hollywood. (laughs) Yeah. I didn't know you could even, that was an option to get them mailed to you. That's like awesome. Yeah. But I'm sure $99 was a lot of money for that. But um, it is. Yeah. yeah, But still. (laughs) It's a script. It's going to be. I'm lucky it's not a million. (laughs) This box with like a loose leaf you know, loosely yeah. episode. And it, and it was totally overwhelming because I was like, I know I need to write a sample episode to get, mm-hmm. you know. Right. And so I was like, okay, I do not know how to do I couldn't wrap my head around it. So that was the beginning of the dream. And I had always been really good at writing and poetry. And so I, that's what I went to school. I did creative writing in college and then okay. went to grad school for MFA in poetry and then became a professor. Okay. So up until three years ago, I was a creative writing professor um, in New Jersey uh, and that put me in close proximity to New York. And that's where I really like dove in and I was trying to, you know, I was doing improv and sketch and directing sketch. And that's right. what kind of got me able to attract the right people, get the right mentorship to get staffed in LA. And that's what got me out here. Awesome. That's fantastic. Can you tell us a bit about what projects you've written on? Yeah. Okay. So my first job was a half hour uh, adult animated comedy with Adult Swim called Bird Girl. So that was my very, like, that was great. And that's already out now. And then I went from there to the Kelly Clarkson show, the first, when it was the first season, they thought they were going to do more scripted comedy. Oh, okay. And so they hired a room of comedy. (laughs) (laughs) I was was one of them. And then from there, I went to making it the, you you know, reality crafting Amy Poehler and Nick Offerman. And that was a dream because I loved Parks and Rec so much. And then to get, and it's like, when that goes up, went off air, I was like, oh man, I never got to write for that show. And then Uh to get to write for both of them together was Amazing. And then after making it, Ultimate Slip and Slide. That's yeah. that is never gonna come out, but I yeah. <laughs> still I did you did that. it. <laughs> it an experience and it was great. 
let's see. And then Ultimate Slip Aside did a Black Lady Sketch Show, mm-hmm. um, which is great. The third season coming up. And then currently I'm on The Upshaws on Netflix. Awesome. That's great. Yes. So why does a reality show need writers? Yeah, because everything the hosts say, and this was news to me, I was like, everything the hosts say is scripted. I never knew that. Yeah. And so a lot of times the ones that are hosted by comedians yeah you know they need comedy writers for those mm-hmm. and so that's what why i ended up doing like ultimate slip inside and and making it because it was like a ron funches what they say is scripted and then okay. oftentimes they'll have little like interstitials little moments where it's like actual sketches or this okay. cold open will be so we write those awesome yeah so it makes sense that they're pre-written because like that's a huge chance to take uh, especially on a network show to just be like, all right, hopefully you guys say something funny to each other. So how does that work when you're working with someone like Ron Funches? Do you guys, is it a collaborative process writing for him or is it you guys, you guys in the writer's room figure out the script and then? Yeah. Well, actually this is pretty interesting and more so I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to actually yeah. use Amy Poehler as yeah, an perfect. example only because of the improv as- yeah. aspect. Yeah. She has a big improv background. Yeah. <laughs> and so it's like, we will write based on like what happened that day or something, we'll, we'll write like funny things to think about, like funny things that happened. And then there's moments where they're just talking like the hosts and the head writer, Neil Casey, who was also big improv, you know, um, he'll be just off camera and he'll be like prompt them. Like they'll just start riffing on it. So in that part, like that's where their talent really comes off. But what I found, what it's really interesting though, is Funny people, even people who are known for improv, if they're doing something mm-hmm. scripted, they're in scripted mind. So <laughs> even when the teleprompter <laughs> stops working, they're like, you know, like, yeah. I'm right. supposed, I'm not supposed to have, right. I'm not in that oh, mode of, I have to come up with something <laughs> funny. <laughs> yeah, it's funny because, I mean, Nick Offerman, uh, Amy Poehler, they're, they're such well-known comedians. It's funny that they also need help once in a while, like being fed. Yeah, or regular. I mean, because you're right. If you're not in the mindset where you're like, okay, I got to improv now, then you're like, wait, you you guys are supposed to tell me what to say. Why is there nothing on the screen? (laughs) (laughs) It's so funny. Like it's it's like the moment if the teleprompter stops and then. There is that Parks and Rec episode, right, where they're working for that candidate, and as soon as he goes in his office, he just sits and stares blankly at the wall. Yeah. There's a whole other Parks and Rec podcast you can listen to that recaps episodes. I don't need to do it. (laughs) Maybe you could talk us through your process a little bit. I'm sure it's different depending on what you're working on. So for like a reality show, you said you kind of watch what goes on that day and then write to that. Is that different than how you normally would write for, you know, a scripted show that that is not reality based? Oh, yeah, it's completely different. So on the reality show, like we'll be Mm -hmm. um, either down on set, depending on depending on COVID protocols now, but we would be down on set and you can see what's happening or um, watching like a live feed, you know, in our offices, they'll pull up the monitor and then we're just watching Mm -hmm. as it happens. Like anytime the hosts are interacting, that's what we're paying attention to. Like we're not watching the whole show. We're just watching whatever the hosts are seeing so that, so that we can, you know, come up with things off of what they've seen in the rally. It's a lot of like writing bits and like one-liners and puns, tons (laughs) of puns. You've seen making it. They have pun-offs. Like it's tons of puns and um, which is totally different than live action or like a sitcom or narrative show we're not writing every day narrative show you're sitting around talking all the time you're talking and talking and talking you know like I've talked for months and I just got assigned a script like (laughs) it's like oh now I get to write I mean anything for them so (laughs) 
Yeah, it's just a lot of talking and coming up with story and, you know, riffing on mm-hmm. on things. So it's to, it's there's way more writing actually in reality than there is in narrative. Okay. For a scripted TV show, how mm-hmm. far ahead is the writer's room working? Are you looking at the arc for the whole season and then breaking that down? Um, or are you kind of just like, does it depend on the show, how far out they plan? Yeah, it does depend on the show. But for okay. the most part, they know where we in the rooms I've been in and they've known where we're starting and where we're ending. And so we have like a loose arc of like, okay, we want to hit these beats and then we'll go. Like for instance, now on the Upshaws, I've only been on two um, scripted TV. So there was the Adult Swim and then the one I'm on now, we have a 16 episode order with Netflix. And so, but it's broken down into two, like the first date will air and then there'll be a pause and then the second part of the season will air. And so we knew what we wanted to happen in between. And we'd had like, before we started taping, we probably had the first five written or in process and then started taping. And now we're just a little bit, a little bit ahead. Okay. (laughs) Great. That's fantastic. So you also write poetry and you've written quite a few different things. So obviously, you know, working in a writer's room, you're working with other people versus working on your own. Do you like both or is there one you prefer over the other? And and, and why is that? Yeah, actually, that's why I fell in love with improv, you know, because so much of my writing had been alone so much. Mm-hmm. of my And my poetry is a whole different part. It's not funny. You know, it's not there yeah. are funny poems. Mine aren't. Um, and so <laughs> it's like a whole different process. And I love collaborative comedy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know. I've never been in like a drama room. I don't know how it would feel then, yeah. but the process of creating comedy, it's like, you almost need that. Like mm-hmm. you yeah. need the surprise of, Oh wow. Like somebody said this thing. And now yeah. that got us here. Like I love the magic of the collaboration. I prefer to come up with ideas together but the actual writing process, I writing and rewriting, I prefer to do alone because okay. we also rewrite as a group. And yeah. I remember the first time that was happening when I was on Bird Girls, like we pulled up the script and they were like, OK. And we were just line by line all wow. together, a room full of people. And I was like, I'm going to die. <laughs> I actually asked, like, I'm new. Um, is this what we're doing? Like, <laughs> <laughs> is this how it's going to be every time? <laughs> right. And it had, and I, it, I like it better now, but I prefer the actual writing by myself. <laughs> yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. That'd be a lot to get used to, especially if, if you had been used to writing that, doing the actual writing process by yourself. And all of a sudden your group writing a script has got to be a lot of like voices to balance and opinions. Oh, yeah. And everybody has different ideas. Yeah. And, like, right. and then it's like, oh, comma after such and such. And it's like, oh my God. <laughs> Does that mean there are individual rewrites as well as group rewrites? Yeah, and, and I think it depends on the show. Like some okay. you a lot sometimes it'll be like the writer turns in the first draft and then the showrunner just does the you know does their pass okay. and, and but then also the rewrites come from gotta go to network, network has yeah. notes, gotta go see, you know, we do the table read, there's notes. And so there's always rewrites after that. And so a lot of times after the, the script has been written, then the showrunner does a pass. And then after all of these other people get their hands on it, that's when the group group rewrites happen because it's usually not like a full script rewrite. Yeah. I see. Okay. So kind of going back to your path, how did you take that? What what really helped you take that leap from being a professor, being in academia, and then like, no, I really want to be a, a full-time writer for TV. Yeah. I think it was when 
had the dream, the Malcolm in the middle of the dream, let that go and yeah. went and did poetry. But before I was leaving to go to my MFA, I was going to go to the University of Virginia. And so the summer before, and I knew I was going to be totally devoted to writing poetry for two years. Yeah. I got really scared and I was like, but I want to be a screenwriter. And so I wrote like a movie, oh, like okay. I would go to the library every day and just stay until I wrote four pages. You know, mm -hmm. I'd never done a script before anything. And so I wrote like a full length film before my MFA. And it was like me saying like, okay, I'll come back to this. Mm -hmm. Like I can, I've, I've given it the time I've had right now and I'll come back. And when I was leaving the MFA and then I just was getting hired to like teach and moving around the country, teaching at different universities, when it was time for me to like try to get a permanent teaching job, that's when I found out about like the Nickelodeon fellowship. Yeah. And so I was like, okay. I, and I was familiar with fellow, the fellowships make sense to me right, because right. there were so many fellowships in academia. Yeah. And that's how I ended up finding out about TV writing fellowship. I was like, Oh, I wonder if there's the same thing for TV. Yeah. I, was doing, so I did a lot of fellowships for academia. And so I was like, Oh, they have TV writing fellowships. So at the same time as I was, every time I would apply for a job, I would also try to apply for the fellowship. And then I'm like, whichever one I get, I'll go. But of yeah. course I was getting the teaching jobs and not the fellowship. And I just kept going uh, until I ended up in, uh, getting hired in New Jersey. And that was like a 10 year track job. And okay. once I heard like, which was my goal, I was like, I want a 10 year track job. You know, it's going to, it's more, it's the stability and yeah. that's the, that's the dream. Right. right but right. when I got it, it was like, Oh my God, tenure. Like, I don't want to be tenured. Right. Like, I was like, this isn't my, this isn't the only thing I want to do. Like it uh -huh. was like, I was terrified of tenure. Like yeah. legitimately, I was like, I do not want tenure. And instead of a lot of people are like, okay, in five years, you'll go up for 10 years. So you have to do all of these things. I was like, I got five years to get out of here. Yeah. Before, <laughs> before I earned tenure. That was really what it was. Yeah. It was such a weird thing. Um, and I did. The year I was up for tenure, I was in LA. <laughs> but I was still teaching. Like I, so I got the adult swim okay. and so I came and it was only an eight week job. And well, it was eight weeks with the possibility of an eight week extension. Okay. And so I taught, you know, I talked to my higher ups at the school and I'd never taught online before. This was before COVID. So yeah. it was, nothing was on really online. We had online classes. I just never did them. Right. And they were like, oh yeah, go ahead. You know, go, you can go for the eight weeks, put your class online for eight weeks and come back. Like, you know, yeah. half of my class was going to be online, half of it wasn't. And so wow. I met my students in person for the couple of weeks and, uh, and then left and was teaching full time online while I was in my first writer's room. So wow. some days I'd be up wow. till 4 a.m. class prepping, grading, you know, posting lectures and then yeah. in the writer's room by 9 a.m. Like, it was hard, but I was yeah. like driven by this is this is my dream. I'm right. so glad I get to keep my teaching job at the same mm -hmm. time. So I'm I am not like complaining about that right. process. Yeah. Um, and then I ended up I ended up getting extended the extra eight weeks and no one else in my room did. Like, Whoa. yeah, it was, and, and I don't know, like I was the only one who moved from out of state to mm -hmm. do it. You know, like the showrunners will say like, oh no, it's because, you know, you merit and blah, 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 which yes, I was very, I did well, you know, yeah. because teaching actually prepared me very well for the writer's room being right. able to talk about, I was, you know, expert level talking about writing. <laughs> um, so that's what we're doing. Okay. I got mm -hmm. you. But anyway, they kept me on and I felt like it was because I moved, you know, like, but, Oh yeah. But you know, networks don't care. Like networks aren't just throwing out money. Oh, she moved mm -hmm. here. 
But um, it, it, regardless of why it happened, it happened. And that's what enabled me to stay in LA and really go for the dream. And, and, yeah. and when I got hired on Kelly Clarkson, I quit okay. uh, teaching like a month before I was to yeah. go up for tenure. <laughs> wow. That timing worked out perfect. Yeah, it did. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess it really planted an idea in your head is like, this is not what I want to do for the rest of my life, but yeah. it's what I'm going to do right now to figure out how to get to where I actually want to be. Yeah. 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 It was like, as soon as it was like, you could do this for the rest of your life. Like, I don't want to do this. No. For the rest of life. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's very cool. Yeah. So what does a normal day look like for you as a writer? Because I know all these projects are so different, right? Yeah. So um, is there, when you're on a show, do you have like office hours or is it more independent? How does that work? Yeah, well, currently, because I'm in a writer's room where it's an actual, like we actually have a writer's room. And before the winter break, we were in person um, at Netflix. And so we would, we go in and there's this big room. We have couches and <laughs> two of us are on a couch on opposite ends. And right. so we're all in the room talking about the script. Sometimes, a lot of times, like <laughs> joking around, talking yeah, about each yeah. other. You know, what are we getting for lunch? What are we getting for coffee break? Like <laughs> <laughs> Important stuff. Yeah. yeah, it's like, but because you don't really need what I've discovered in my own personal writing thing is like, I don't need to write for more than four hours a day, unless I've procrastinated so long that I must now. But like, if I'm just on a regular like, oh, I'm writing, I'm like, four hours, I'm good, right? And I've seen that in the writer's room, like, I, we might be there for eight hours, but maybe we worked for three or four of those and we were really productive during that time, you yeah. know? And so it's a lot of like, just work in between all of the stuff that happens in between the work that makes the work yeah. fun. Right. Yeah. So that's the typical day in a writer's room is just talking about the story and trying to figure the story out and, and mining your own experiences. That's what like, I'm doing a lot. I, I think the connection between poetry, I'm answering questions you didn't ask. Oh, the connection between poetry and, and like, in like screenwriting to me is like for poetry, I was always going inside mining my experiences. And I do the same thing, even when writing comedy, cause you still want it to be based on something real. And I'm yeah. like, Hmm, what would happen in this situation? You know? Yeah. So I'm just quietly like, Oh yeah. What about this? You know, yeah. like that type of thing. So that's a normal day on a, live action show okay normal day on a like a reality competition shows you come in coffee um right. and then <laughs> but then it's a lot of like what do we need today like what 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 bits do we need to write like give me 10 bits so, you know it's like that's more head writer driven okay. as far as like this is what we need do 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 for the script and stuff do you interact even if it's not in person do you interact with the actors a lot during like table reads and stuff because to help get yes. to know their voice or like, okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And, um, yes. Well, one of, so where I, the upshots now is like Wanda Sykes is one of the showrunners, but also like an, uh, one of the stars. And so she's in the writer's room every day. She sits okay. next. So oh, that's cool. amazing. Yeah. And, 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 <laughs> but then we have table reads, like sometimes early in the table reads, they haven't cast a part or for okay. whatever reason, somebody's out. And so I've been reading like, cool. see, like, and I know the other writers who are like, been in the business longer and everything like but I get very excited as if, yeah. as if I just earned a role because they're like Jen Terry we need you to be and I'm like yes and they're like <laughs> to be clear it's just for the table reading I'm like yes <laughs> I'm, like, I'm reading a scene with Kim Fields yeah I'm that's, reading yeah. a scene with Mike Epps like yeah. I'm like 
this is huge for me. I don't know yep. what. <laughs> that is super cool. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, they didn't know me as a person, but they have read scenes with me. Yeah, yeah. Totally. I Absolutely. mean, even if it's not when they're filming, you read a scene as an yes. actor in that. Show. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's insane. <laughs> Do you have any moments throughout your career? Where it was just like an unbelievable moment where you're like, I can't believe this is my job and what I get to do. Or a moment where you're like, I can't believe this is my job right now. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah, I've definitely had both of those. Well, I, you know what's so funny is on the Kelly Clarkson show, I had a lot of those moments <laughs> because it's Kelly Clarkson. Like yeah. I was a huge Kelly Clarkson fan yeah. pretending not to be a Kelly Clarkson fan <laughs> when I was working for that show. And so like I'd be, the writer's room was like, down the hall, it was her dressing room. And, you know, as she's getting her hair and makeup done, she's warming up. Yeah. And like, and so I can hear Kelly Clarkson warming up it was like a, what the hell is my <laughs> life? You know, like That's I remember crazy. when I voted for Kelly on America. You know, like, I remember that was like my first big, yeah. Like, yeah. what am I doing here? Yeah. How, did, how did I get here? And then the other of like, I can't believe this is my job. Yeah. Yeah. That one's probably harder, but I probably had more of those moments. Like, <laughs> sure. What the hell am I doing here? Like, this is not. <laughs> but yeah, I think also the table read moments of like, yeah, I'm reading with Kim Fields, like, yeah, how the hell is this my life? Mm -hmm. That that would be pretty mind blowing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm glad you get it because yeah. everybody else is like, so like you're cast. I'm like, yeah. It doesn't matter. Yeah, I'm sitting next to them. <laughs> We're sharing the same space. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, John Terry, last question before we move on to talk about the movie. Mm -hmm. What advice do you have for people who are interested in getting into writing? My advice is always to read. And I learned this as a poet. Like, time I spent studying poetry, what got me ahead and doing so well was reading so much like I just was reading and not just and I was reading as a writer to break down like oh that gave me an emotional reaction or I reacted to that why how did they create that reaction in me and so when I was studying scripts like the same like tv scripts and studying shows it was the same thing like oh I like the show it's not just I like it but why did I like it yeah. how did they make me like it and so being able to read like a writer reading scripts as much as you can and, and mm -hmm. breaking them down and analyzing them. I think that's more important than the writing itself at first is like mm -hmm. even knowing what you're trying to do. Yeah. So kind of like knowing the craft and knowing the different yeah. formulas and formats. And everything. Yeah. yeah. And, and I'm a huge, and probably also because I was a professor, but I'm a huge formula person and yeah. I find and also actually from poetry, like I find freedom in structure. Yeah. So it's like within a sonnet, there's like, you know, a certain amount of syllables, certain amount of lines, right. structure you have to do. And you can do anything within that. And then you mm -hmm. end up surprising yourself with what you had to do with what you wanted to say to make it make sense. Yeah. And so it's it's almost like the collaborative nature is that you're collaborating with the structure, right. you know, like I'm going to, you're going to force me to say something I wouldn't have said otherwise because of it. And mm -hmm. that's the same thing with like screenwriting too. It's like, okay, I've got to hit this moment at the, at the end of act one. Like that means I have to do all of these other things. You know, it's making yeah. me think, and I'm a linear thinker. Mm -hmm. That's the like one thing I know about myself is I'm very linear. I am very logical where I just be like, boop, 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 boop. you know, and nothing would happen, but yeah, it, it makes sense. Mm -hmm. And so <laughs> I, it forces you those formulas and those structures. It forces you to have to 
think differently and think creatively. I, yeah. yeah, I love it. Let's get to our featured film. Today we're discussing the 2008 drama Slumdog Millionaire. It was directed by Danny Boyle and Loveline Tandon. It was written by Simon Befoy and based on the novel Q&A by Vika Sarup. It stars Dave Patel, Frida Pinto, and Sarup Shukla. It was nominated for 10 Oscars and it won eight of them, including Best Picture, Best Director, and Best Writing for an Adapted Screenplay. So Susan, can you give us a quick breakdown? What's this movie about? Yeah, so this is really the story about Jamal. Um, We open on him. He's on India's Who Wants to Be a Millionaire? And well, he's actually, he's, so he's being, this movie is very intense, just putting that out at the top. Um, He's being tortured because they think he's cheating at Who Wants to Be a Millionaire? And they're trying to get him to admit it. And then they finally sit him down and they're like, well, how'd you know all the answers to these questions? And then we hear about his whole life and all the things he's been through, um, along with his brother, Salim. They grew up in the slums of Mumbai and we just see the, you know, their mom dies. So then they're kind of on their own at a very young age. And we see all these trials they go through while at the same time seeing how he's learned this very, these very specific answers to all these trivia questions. Um, and we also meet Latika, who's a girl from his village, who they also meet shortly after their mom dies. And they all kind of go on this journey together for parts. They're disconnect and reconnect throughout it. But it's really about Jamal's journey and his relationship with Latika and all these obstacles he overcomes. And it's also about the excitement of seeing him compete in in Who Wants to Be a Millionaire? Because the tension at the end is palpable. (laughs) Very much so. Very good. So, Shantara, you picked this movie for us to watch. Why did you choose Slumdog Millionaire? Yeah, this is one of those movies. When when Slumdog Millionaire came out, Redbox was a thing still. Yes. Well, I guess Redbox still exists, but not yeah. in my world. I'm a right. streaming girl. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Redbox. And so I remember I rented it from Redbox and I watched it on my own and I was like, <gasps> and then I proceeded to have like my mom, I was sat yeah. my mom down like, gotta see this movie. And then I sat my like cousins and bro- like, I made everyone watch this movie with me. Like yeah. within two days, I had probably seen it four times. Like I was just like, everybody have to see this movie. Nobody was feeling it as well as me, but, and I also, when I was a professor and I was teaching screenwriting, this was the script that was our oh, class cool. script. Like yeah. we're going to read this, awesome. we're going to analyze it. And which was hard for beginners. I realized yeah. I, <laughs> I tried it like three semesters. I was like, no, you guys uh, <laughs> forget the language barriers and all of that. Yeah, just, yeah. 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 Look at the structure. I really tried. Uh, but yeah. And so I wanted, yeah. It's it, so it's just, it's so well done. And I think it's so, it's like a, it's not the right word, but it's like an exaggeration of what life is really like of, of mm-hmm. how things happen to everything happens for a reason. Yeah. It's the yeah. embodiment of that. And, and I, I love that. So yeah, that's why I wanted you guys to watch it too. Yeah. So I was like, when this movie first came out, I watched it, but I only watched half of it because I wasn't prepared. I didn't pay attention to the marketing at all, I guess. Um, I wasn't prepared for it to be this intense, and when I got the specifically the child and what they do, the eyes that I was yeah. like, I don't know if I can handle this movie right oh, now. Yeah. So I'm really glad you suggested it because it made me go back and be like, no, I need to watch this movie. I know it's a good movie. I just need to get over this like roadblock in my head. And it's so good. Like uh, every moment and there's like visually, it's so beautiful yes. and interesting. Yes. And then the music is a whole nother just amazing. Yes. Like it's just such a good movie. It's so well done the whole time. Yeah, it's really it. it First of all, you know, it stars these kids and right from the top, you fall in love with these kids mm-hmm. as they're like, you know, they're just trying to survive in a, in a, in a rough 
part of their country. And, you yeah. know, they're, you know, they start by, you know, they're just playing cricket and then yes, running. I love that. They're, you know, being chased. They're constantly being chased by someone yes. in this movie. Oh, that's a good point. Yeah. yeah. You know, they're just never uh, allowed to be themselves and just like be yeah. happy. Like they're always being challenged, mm-hmm. always being chased mm-hmm. and really looked down upon. And that's one of the main themes of the movie. And, you know, I think it's so well, well directed, well written. And, you know, the whole format of basing it off the game show where each question then yeah. opens another traumatizing <laughs> experience that he has to remember. On is, national TV. Well, <laughs> he, he doesn't to, tell a story on national TV. No, but TV. he has to yeah, sit yeah, yeah. on but national yes, TV yes, and remember exactly. it. Exactly. Yeah. You know, when he's sitting there looking like, uh, like shell shocked. Shell shocked. Yeah. And also kind of like really thinking. Jamal has so few allies in this movie. You know, yeah. of course, he he starts off with a strong relationship with his brother. Mm-hmm. And then it that takes a severe turn, you know, about mm-hmm. halfway through, mm-hmm. maybe a little bit more than halfway through. His relationship with Latika is, is really wonderful to watch. But, yeah, this movie is insane. So good. And it, it is hard to watch parts of this movie because, mm-hmm. I mean... Anything where kids are getting hurt, it's hard to watch. But to watch their journey is really like you get invested. Yeah. In yes. Yes. And when I first heard about the movie, like you were saying, Susan, like the you maybe didn't pay attention to the marketing. All I whatever they said in the marketing, I saw rom com. Yes. So- <laughs> That's what I thought <laughs> it was gonna be. <laughs> I looked into the the rom com of it all, and was just it was yeah. not a rom com. No. I was here for the love story, you know, uh-huh. and like. Everything else that happened, that's I think that's why I had to watch it so many times. Right. I really fell in love with the love story first. Yeah. And I was like, well, how the hell? And yeah. then go back and be like, oh, okay. Oh, you know, yeah. So many yeah. layers to it. That's mm-hmm. wild. I'll have to look up a trailer for this because I don't I, I don't remember the marketing. Yeah, for I this. definitely they really marketed this as a rom-com? That's well, not insane. a rom-com, but at least a romance. A like romance, a, yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, I, de- I, did, I don't remember getting the impression it was going to be this heavy. Yeah. Um, oh. Yeah. <laughs> I remember that in the trailer, the part where he d- jumps down into the house, like in the trailer, it has him like popping up, you know, covered yeah. in... That's right. what I, you know, so it's like, oh. <laughs> right. Hijinks. <laughs> I mean, that is like the lightest part of the movie. Yeah, uh, and then the rest of it is just like, Yeah, from there, yeah. Oof. There's so much, in it, like the reason why I had chosen to like teach it is like, it's really good storytelling. Yeah, like, it is. Amazing storytelling. And the thing I love the most about Jamal's character that like, this is what I learned from it and applied for myself was like from the be- very beginning, his his drive, like the thing that drove him to go into the outhouse, like, he never gives up like yeah. he's relentless mm-hmm. and he was that since he was a child yeah. and that's what we see and like even when his brother has that moment of being like man you never give up do you you know mm-hmm. and it's like yeah. no he doesn't that's yeah. who he is and so I'm like it was just such good storytelling mm-hmm. oh his brother obviously turns into kind of a villain yeah but still gets that redemption at the end. But right. it's also like these two kids have to make these brutal decisions to survive in this world. So it's yeah. like his brother's obviously making bad choices, but it's yeah. like you can't totally vilify him because yeah. he was like, he was so little. He was just yeah. trying to figure yeah. out how to survive. Yeah. And he does save his his brother. Yes, yeah. Um, even though right after that, he purposely drops Latika from the train. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, yeah. the whole time, you know, he... 
he's all about survival and taking mm-hmm. care of his brother. But um, yeah, he that's a complicated character. Yeah, he sure. is very. Yeah, he's a really well written character for like. I love it when like kids characters are written really well and really yeah. sophisticated and re- well-rounded. Yeah. It's always so interesting. Yeah. As soon as that gangster shows up and at the landfill and offers those guys Cokes, it's like, oh, this He's is going to be a bad guy. <laughs> that guy was 100% <laughs> a villain. <laughs> you know, it, yeah. you know it, it's interesting because the, the story really does follow the kids. And, you know, it they're making the best with what they have. I mean, their mm-hmm. mom is killed, yeah. you know, and... um even from the beginning when his brother sells that autograph mm-hmm. yes. guy just to make some money. It's like, he's like, that was mine. Well, he's like, yeah, but that guy offered me money yeah. for it. So. Yep. He's who he was from the beginning. Like, yeah. Uh, yeah. And the guys, the kids are smart, right? Like, you know, going yeah. to the Taj Mahal and then like figure out how yes, to like, I love like that. <laughs> and you're like giving them fake tours, uh, but they're just constantly working to, to take advantage of, of whatever situation they're mm. in. Yeah. Another thing about the story, like I'm realizing the movie is about someone telling a story. Like he's yeah. telling the story yeah. about it, you know? Yeah. So it's like about, oh, so good. I am going mm-hmm. to watch it after this. Yeah. <laughs> it's so good. Yeah. And you get to see the, I don't know if he's the police chief, the police officer, whoever that is, who's the has him in the station. Yeah. yeah. As he's listening to the story, you see him start to soften toward him and being like, right. yeah. He just assumed he was lying and like cheating at the show. And then as you get into it, he's like, oh, your problem isn't that you're a liar. Your problem is you are way too truthful. (laughs) Yeah. That's what he says to him. And it's just like, yeah. And also that moment where he says to the cop, do you know who stole such and such? Yeah. Because I, you know, like that's the thing that people in my situation would know, but that you wouldn't know. So this is why I know something that Mm -hmm. any Yeah, he's like, even a five-year-old knows that, just like yeah. turning his words back yeah. on him. It was so yeah. Good. yeah. It was always really satisfying. Whenever Jamal got to like, you know, kind of stick it to somebody who was trying to put him down, it was always really satisfying to watch. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It doesn't happen a lot in this movie. No, it does but, not happen a lot. No, yeah. it does not. But <laughs> that's why like him finally, like when they finally get together, it's like I know. Oh, yeah, and that's that's the only moment where like they have peace is yes. right at the end. And um, yes. yeah. And then for anyone listening who hasn't seen this movie, watch through the credits because there's like an awesome Bollywood inspired yeah. dance scene. Yeah. And I loved that. It was such a relief because all these characters go through so much trauma in this movie. And then mm-hmm. to see this joyful scene where they all get to be happy and dance at the end was just such a relief and like yeah. such a nice pin on the story yeah I really even it. them as kids get to dance and like, yeah the, you know, the like, child like the yeah. kid actors get to come out yeah 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 the other thing about this movie is even though it deals with serious themes and dark material it is a beautiful film mm-hmm. to watch yeah like, they did such a good <laughs> job with the directing and the cinematography and the color in the film is so beautiful yes. yeah yeah not even my favorite scene. It's yeah. just a favorite moment is when he, you know, he finds out Latika is there living with the gangster and he's at the gate. Yeah. And he just does this motion where he's like, oh, it's me. You yeah. Know? <laughs> and then I was like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> I've had a crush on Dev Patel since like 2009 because yeah. of the way he was just like, yes. <laughs> is that funny. where they're like we don't have anything about a cook a, but we have a dishwasher yes, I'm yes. The dishwasher yes, and I was like, he is the dishwasher yeah. <laughs> 
We'd like to finish up our show today with a game that we're calling Who Wants a T-Shirt to Wear? Get it? That rhymes with Who Wants a Millionaire. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> In honor of Slumdog Millionaire, we're going to see how well both of you know Academy Award Best Picture winning films. Okay. Tari, you'll be playing against Susan. So, here are the rules. I'm going to read the synopsis of Oscar-winning films and then give you four options as the answer. You have to identify the correct one. I have five films for each of you to identify, and you'll play until you miss an answer. Okay. If you get all five right, we'll go to sudden death. John <laughs> Terry, if you get more than Susan correct, you're going to win our prize. And Susan, what's our prize? It is some Life in the Credits merchandise. Yeah. So like a shirt or a mug or whatever. Yeah, whatever you want. <laughs> going down, Susan. You're going down. <laughs> <laughs> cool. So, John Terry, you've elected to go first. So, are you ready to start? Yes, I am. Okay. Here's your first best picture synopsis. Number one. A Mumbai teenager reflects on his life after being accused of cheating on the Indian version of Who Wants to Be a Millionaire? Is that A, the best years of our lives? B, All Quiet on the Western Front? C, Nomadland, or D, Slumdog Millionaire. D, final answer. <laughs> yes. Lock it in. Lock it in first. <laughs> That's one point. Question number two. The presidencies of Kennedy and Johnson, the Vietnam War, and the Watergate scandal are all historical events unfold from the perspective of an Alabama man with an IQ of 75. His only desire is to be reunited with his childhood sweetheart. Is that A, Rain Man, B, Forrest Gump, C, A Man for All Seasons, or D, The Greatest Show on Earth? Uh, was it B, Forrest Gump? Yes, that is correct. Nice. Two points. All right. couple more to go. Number three. Gandalf and Aragorn lead the world of men against Sauron's army to draw his gaze from Frodo and Sam as they approach Mount Doom with the One Ring. Is that A, Unforgiven, B, Chariots of Fire, C, The Lord of the Rings, Return of the King, or D, Midnight Cowboy? Uh, C, Lord of the Rings. Yes, that's correct. <laughs> three for three. All right, number four. A small-time Philadelphia boxer gets a supremely rare chance to fight the world heavyweight champion in a bout in which he strives to go the distance for his self-respect. Is that A, Patton, B, Rocky, C, Tom Jones, or D, Marty? B, Rocky. That is correct. <laughs> All right, now, John Terry, this is your last question. Oh, my gosh. This is this is for one million T-shirts. No, this is, this is not, that's not one true. That's for one T-shirt. All right, question number five. A cynical expatriate American cafe owner struggles to decide whether or not to help his former lover and her fugitive husband escape the Nazis in French Morocco. Is that A, Casablanca, B, Hamlet, C, Amadeus, or D, The French Connection? Oh, Jesus, I do not know. I'm going to say, I'm going to say D, The French Connection. Would you like to ask the audience? <laughs> 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 
Is it Casablanca? It is Casablanca. <laughs> I had no idea what the oh my god. I, I was back and forth between those two as well. I mean, I knew it wasn't Amadeus, right? Yeah. But um, Casablanca. Uh, but yeah, those yeah. two because I've never actually seen either of those movies. Yeah, me well. neither. Yeah. And I, um, I had no idea that's what Casablanca was about. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I've, I've seen all of those. And uh, yeah, The French Connection is a, is a pretty sweet movie. Great car chases in that one. Oh, but yeah. oh okay. Casablanca is the movie okay. we were looking for. All right, so you got five out of five. Great job. Oh, no, I got four out of five. Four. I'm giving you the last one. <laughs> oh, yeah. uh, uh, now, Susan, how, how do you feel after that? Did you know all those? I actually, other than the last one, yes, I did. Okay, all right. Well, you're up next. So you're ready. You yep. got to beat five. Okay. Or you have to match five, I guess. Number one, two youngsters from rival New York City gangs fall in love, but tensions between their respective friends build towards tragedy. Is that A, West Side Story, B, Shakespearean Love, C, Parasite, or D, The Sound of Music? That is A, oh, yeah, A, West Side Story. Correct. Yes, it is. Yeah. Very good. Number two, a young FBI cadet must receive the help of an incarcerated and manipulative cannibal. To oh. catch another serial killer, a madman who skins his victims. So, is it A, Dances with Wolves, B, The <laughs> Deer Hunter, C, From Here to Eternity, or D, The Silence of the Lambs? It's D, The Silence of the Lambs. Correct. Yeah. All right, very good. Two for two. Number three. A 17-year-old aristocrat falls in love with a kind but poor artist aboard a luxurious, ill-fated voyage. Is that A, My Fair Lady? B, Around the World in 80 Days, C, Titanic, or D, On the Waterfront? C, Titanic. Correct. <laughs> Seen right. that be a lot. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're getting harder now. Number four, a former Roman general sets out to exact vengeance against a corrupt emperor who murdered his family and sent him into slavery. Is that A, All the King's Men, B, Gladiator, C, Ben Hur, or D. Gone with the Wind. Can you read the description, Morgan? A former Roman general okay. sets out to exact revenge against a corrupt emperor who murdered his family and sent him into slavery. And your options are A. All the King's Men, B. Gladiator, C. Ben Hur, or D. Gone with the Wind. I'm gonna guess B Gladiator. That is correct. Okay. Very good. Oh, wow. I got worried about Ben Hur there for it, a little bit. It is yeah, very similar. Yeah. There are a couple of details. Yeah. Yeah. He he wasn't Roman. He was not a Roman general. Right. And yeah. It, yeah. His family was, was like sent to prison, not murdered. Yeah. All right. Number five. Oh my gosh, five. Yep. This I thought that was five. I was like, that's I did. Hard one. <laughs> this is for the tie. Okay. All right. A seemingly timid but secretly ruthless young woman inserts herself into the lives of an aging Broadway star in her circle of theater friends. Is that A, Chicago, B, Ordinary People, C, All About Eve, or D, Annie Hall? Do you want me to read it again? Y yes. A seemingly timid but secretly ruthless young woman inserts herself into the lives of a aging Broadway star in her circle of theater friends. Set A, Chicago, B, Ordinary People, C, All About Eve, or D, Annie Hall. 
I guess a Chicago. I'm sorry. No, was it Annie Hall? No, it was all about Eve. Okay, I've never seen all about Eve. Yeah, Yeah. that was hard. That was a hard one. (laughs) Yeah, but John Terry, that means you won. Let's. Can we just do the tiebreaker for fun? Yeah, we gotta do the tiebreaker. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) This is sudden death. Yes. All right, so here's how this I works. wish we had the Who Wants to Be a Millionaire music, but we can't play that. <laughs> let's, let's not get sued. Yeah. Here's how this is going to work. I'm going to start reading okay. this synopsis, okay. all right? As soon as you know the answer, you have to shout it out. The oh. first person to shout it out correctly would win. But okay. John yeah. Terry, you already won. Um, all right, so let's just do it for fun. Here we go. The aging patriarch of an organized crime dynasty in post-war New York City, transfers. Godfather? Con- the Godfather is oh, correct. Nice. Well done. Good job. I've actually somehow I've never seen The Godfather. I, I don't understand. I know I don't get it either. <laughs> I think I watched it in our I know. Before. I don't know how. <laughs> I've seen it a handful of times. Well, congratulations. That was thank a great you game. So much. Yeah, it's yeah. Fun. You're a great husband. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thank you. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a pale comparison. Um, but hey, that was fun. Great mm-hmm. job. You won a t-shirt. Congratulations, yeah. John Terry. Do you have anything that you would like to plug before we let you go? Well, the show that I'm loving right now, and I'm really inspired by this creator, Qu- Quinta Brunson, Abbott Elementary on ABC. Yeah. Like, I, everybody's watching it, but I just want to say, like, you know, like that's the show, like yes. the, and even like looking up what, what, what she did and how she got there. It's all good stuff. So mm-hmm. I just want to put in some more support for that show. Awesome. Fantastic. <laughs> well, thank you for joining us. This was yeah. really, really this fun. Was fun. It was fun. This was great. Thank you yeah. guys so much. Life in the Credits is hosted and produced by me, Susan Swarner. And me, Ben Bloom. It's executive produced by Michelle Levin. The music is written and performed by Steve Trowbridge. You can hear more of Steve's music at TrowbridgeSounds.com. The show logo is created by Melissa Durkin. If you'd like to support Life in the Credits and get access to exclusive perks, you can do so at Patreon.com. If you'd like to follow or get a hold of us, you can find us on Facebook and Instagram at Life in the Credits or shoot us an email at LifeInTheCredits at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. He is the dishwasher. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>